Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Kerker and Smallman on 101 ESPN and play Gloria. The Blues run to the cup continues tonight with the third round and game two. Robert Bortuzzo puts the Blues ahead in the second period and they tie the series with a 4-2 win. Pre-game at six, play-by-play at seven with Curbs and Joey. Play Gloria. The St. Louis Blues run to the cup brought to you by Mitsubishi Electric, cooling and heating. And the aforementioned Joey Vitale is with us now on the Brown and Crouppen Celebrity Line with Carriker and Smallman. Joey V, how you doing? Uh, Randy, Michelle, doing well. You know, I had a quick question really quick. Uh, first of all, you guys are doing great on your first week of the show, but who who establishes character Smallman? Why isn't it Smallman character? I always always wondered that how how the names get in order. Is it based off of who is more important, or it's just how it sounds? <laughs> Alphabetical. Alphabetical, you know what I mean? Uh, Joey, it's like, definitely who's more important. <laughs> okay. <laughs> definitely who's more important goes first. That's how it seems, but I just wanted to – did you guys have a discussion about, you know, hey, this sounds better, maybe this sounds better, or is it just, did it just start that way? Did, did Randy just take over like a bully? No, but should I be offended that you just said that? <laughs> Maybe a little bit. <laughs> I'm kidding. Here's the okay. thing. So management brings us in and said, here's what we're thinking. And so I just say, okay. <laughs> yeah. Basically, we just listen to whatever our bosses tell us to do. Good call. Good call. Well, you guys you guys have been sounding great. Lo- love hearing you guys in the morning. Uh, I'm sure it's been probably for both of you guys a little bit more of an adjustment. You're probably going to have to get up a lot earlier these days, I, I would think. Yeah. I was going to ask you, did you ever have a job as a kid? And obviously, you've spent a lot of time playing hockey where you had to get up for morning skates or practices, but did you ever have a job as a kid where you had to get up in the morning? You know, Randy, to be honest with you, I, I really only had – hockey was my escape from the tough job. So my, my dad runs a concrete company here in St. Louis, DJ Concrete, and it was just kind of established and known in our house. When I turned about 10 years old, he had us working in, in the yard, cleaning lumber and scraping forms in the hot July sun, and we had to be at work by five thirty six a.m., so that's just something I kind of got used to at a very young age. And then even when I became a laborer and a finisher, every summer, you know, I pretty much just worked. And a lot of kids did, you know, camps and uh, swimming pools and fun stuff. And we just worked. And as I continued to progress, become a laborer and finisher and eventually run work when I'm in my teens, you know, we had to show up at the office at 435, get organized, wow. get the men organized, and then get to the job site. So in, in the Vitali household, when, when you have Italian parents like I did, sleeping in is 6 a.m., and then you get in trouble if you're sleeping in past 6. Joy, do you think that helped you and your hockey career? Because if you were already used to getting up early and grinding it out and working, it seems like hockey practice was probably an escape for you, right? Michelle, it, it didn't It didn't just help me. It literally made me. And, and, I, and I mean that sincerely. Without that, I would never have played hockey. Because to your point, I was so exhausted from working and I, I wanted something different. In some ways, and I don't think my dad in, intentionally did this for this reason, 
but it kind of gave me and my brothers a glimpse into what life is like when you're in your 40s. You know what I mean? Like in your in your in your working manual labor, you know, 12, 13 hour days in the hot in the hot sun. And think of all those 40 year olds, and now me being 35 you can kind of look back and think, man, I would have done a lot of things different. We had a little insight to that at a very young age that, you know, we can do certain things or, or we could, we could do this for the rest of our life. And, and every summer I looked at my friends in August coming back from school. Hey, how was your summer? Oh, it was great. I went to Innsbruck. I went to Michigan. We went to some parties. We did this or boating. And then, how'd you do Joey? I was like, I just, I just worked. I just poured concrete. And I remember how miserable I was. And then finally one day I just, I woke up, I was like 17. I'm like, Hey, Dad, I'm not working this summer. He's like, well, what are you going to do? I was like, well, there's this camp up in Minnesota. It's all summer long, two days, weight training, plyometrics. And I, I found it just – a buddy of mine told me there was no internet back then, really. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to go up there and do it. And he goes, that's fine. That's fine. you got you got plenty of money to do it now. If, if that's what you choose to do, do it. And you're right. It was a complete escape. I just wanted to avoid concrete. So when everyone <laughs> asked me, you know, oh, you know, talk about your, your, your journey to the NHL, I was like – Listen, guys, I, I didn't have posters of Brett Hall in my room. I didn't have these high hopes and dreams. I just wanted to get the heck out of pouring concrete. I mean, that, that, that really was the truth. I'm, I'm dead serious. And, and now I look at my kids, and for all parents out there who ask me, you know, what can my, what can my son do to you know, make it to the NHL? I just tell them, have him get a summer job. <laughs> have him roof. Have him roof in St. Louis in the hot July sun, Ooh. and I guarantee you, you'll be fine. That's a great path. Um, so, Joe, yesterday was a special day in St. Louis sports history. You talk about your path to where you are now. Well, you know, where you are now is in the Blues broadcast booth, and yesterday was May 7th, with, which, as we know, May 7th, Game 7, Pat Maroon, the St. Louis and number 7, was the one who lit the lamp and, and double overtime sends the Blues to the next round. And Randy and I were talking about how amazing that night was when you think about the fact that you had a local kid in Pat Maroon scoring the game-winning goal on a local kid, Ben Bishop, who had an unbelievable night in goal for the Dallas Stars, and then a St. Louis kid in the booth and Joey Vitale calling it. So can you just take us back to that night and just your memories of that night and what it meant for you to be a part of such a great St. Louis sports moment? You know, Michelle, it was a great moment. Uh, Selfishly, uh, the first thing I will say about it is when I saw that goal, what I felt was, probably my athletic instincts. I wanted to be Pat Maroon. Like as much as, as much as I love the call, I was kind of pissed. Like, God, why couldn't that be me? I, I wanted that. I wanted that moment. You know what I mean? I think all hockey players probably want that moment. Uh, but you know, it's funny. I, I zoomed with Pat Maroon, Cam Jansen, Andy Strickland last night. We were all kind of talking. We did something for some podcast. And so we we're all face to face and having this conversation about this goal. And we got really in depth with it. And it was really cool. I'm excited for whenever it does come out. But, you know, talking, reminiscing, and, and you're absolutely right. I mean, you kind of broke it down perfectly. Uh, it's so rare, I think, for a kid from St. Louis to make it to the National Hockey League. That's number one. And then it's even rarer to do what Pat and Cam Jansen have done as far as playing for the St. Louis Blues. So that's rare. But then how about a playoff game in St. Louis and then another goalie who's from St. Louis and then a double overtime game seven, and then they win the Stanley Cup. I mean – I, I can go on a limb and say nothing like this will ever happen again, at least in my lifetime. I think in our lifetime, guys. I mean, that is just how rare this was. And I think that uh, the, the debate continues, but I still believe that this will be the greatest Blues goal that I will ever see in my lifetime, given the fact they won the Stanley Cup. Now, if they don't win the Stanley Cup, I don't know if it's going to be the best goal of all time, but I do believe that now. But, you know, it was just an amazing moment for Pat, for St. Louis. I've never heard that building like that. 
trying to keep my excitement in during the call and try to give respect to curbs to make the right call because I just wanted to lose my mind because I'm up there. I'm an emotional fan. I love the Blues. If I was broadcasting for the Chicago Blackhawks and National Predators, I wouldn't be as emotionally attached. But it was hard to keep it in. And then, you know, Curbs just nailed the call, and I followed up quickly. And it was just uh, the, the goal sp- spoke for itself. I mean, we could have said anything, and it wouldn't have mattered because it was such just a pivotal, great moment in St. Louis Blues hockey history. Joey Vitale with us on Carriker and Smallman on 101 ESPN or Smallman or whatever you want it to be. Uh, Joey V, there's a new baby in the household, and Mother's Day is this weekend. I don't want you to give away any plans because your wife might be listening, but it is a fun day for a dad. No, it's absolutely a great day for a dad. Uh, she's, not sleep- she's not listening. I know for a fact, Randy, with the newborn, so I, I can go out here and say it. Believe it or not, uh, do you guys know this? Tie-dye. Michelle, you're, you're, you're a fashionista. Tie-dye is apparently coming back in style. Did you hear about this? Oh, tie-dye no. is in, Joey. Is tie-dye it, is like the main quarantine activity. Tie-dye sweats in. I, yeah, exactly. So she's <laughs> like, you know, I, I'm, I'm thinking about getting a tie-dye shirt. So she kind of dropped those hints. So I kind of picked up on a little note of it. I'm really hoping it gets here in time. But it's a Mickey Mouse shirt that's a tie-dye. We love Disney World. And I never thought I'd ever see my wife in an actual Disney World shirt, but she's kind of like been drawn to it. So I'm, I have this tie-dye Mickey Mouse shirt coming. I'm really hoping it gets here on time. Uh, but aside from that, uh, we have uh, kids and I are planning a picnic. We're going to go to Forest Park or some park where we can just kind of bring some food and just kind of hang out. I think it looks like it's going to be a pretty nice day. You know, unfortunately, you know, it's a shame that some of the stores are going to be closed, but we're going to spend just some really good quality time together and enjoy each other, just like how we've been. And and I'm hoping for a great day. And, and just to acknowledge all the moms out there, I mean, it's just, I think this whole thing has put in great perspective for a lot of people, what stay-at-home moms, working moms, you know, just women who have raised kids and done so much for so long, the laundry, the dishes, I mean, the homework, the homeschool, I mean, it's everything just it just opened up a lot of eyes. And I think that the appreciation for mothers right now is probably at an all-time high, as it should be. Well said, Joey. An A-plus gift out of you. I'm very impressed. But I want to end this with kind of a random question. I was driving into work this morning, and I'm listening to the Rizzuto Show, and they're talking about Mother's Day. And they were saying how some fathers and kids like to surprise a mom with with breakfast in bed. And they were saying, you know, it sounds luxurious to eat breakfast in bed, but in reality, it's kind of the pitch. You can't really move around. You're eating at a bad angle. You're probably spilling on yourself. If you want to, to get syrup, you can't really get up to add it. So I want to get your take on breakfast in bed. Not a fan. I'm with you. I mean, it it sounds so romantic, but I hate it. It, You're right. I hate laying back and you can't eat. You're spilling stuff all over you, like coffees. And then then you got to get the coffee temperature right, and then it's too cool by the time it gets up there. There's orange juice flying everywhere. You're right. If you need extra syrup or ketchup or salt or whatever, uh, my wife's not a big fan of it. And, you know, to me, I'm not a big fan of it either. I think the trays, like I think people are missing those trays. I think that's the problem. Like in the old days, uh, you know, I think they had those special trays you sit on your lap, which would make it easier. I don't have anything like that. I don't even know where you find those anymore because without that, to me, you're right. It's it's completely useless and it's just more of a headache than anything. Yeah, and even if you have a tray, and we have one at home, when you're doing like eggs Benedict, there's no way to eat eggs Benedict in bed. No, <laughs> no. You know, that's a good point. That's a good point, Randy, because that's my wife's 
favorite food, and that's what we're actually making. Uh, we make the homemade hollandaise sauce. Bobby Flay has a terrific recipe on the Food Network. I've, I've used it. Uh, it's, it's, it's incredible with some cayenne pepper, and, and my wife loves it. And you're right. It's just it's so messy, and you know what I mean? The thing about Eggs Benedict, the hardest part of Eggs Benedict is getting the egg right. It sure is. Everyone's yeah. got a different opinion on it, right? <laughs> I mean, what, what do you guys like? Do you like it more kind of hard-boiled or a little softer, a little bit of running? You know, it's just everyone's different. Yeah, and I, I would go uh, – actually, my entire family goes with the more hard-boiled style. I got you. I got you. See, my wife likes it a little runnier. You know, and if you mess up that egg, oh, boy. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Joey V, it's great to hear your voice. Stay safe. Have a great Mother's Day weekend. We always uh, like hearing from you, and we appreciate the compliments, and we'll talk to you next week. It sounds good. It's been a pleasure being on the Smallman Character Show, and I can't <laughs> wait for next week. Thanks, brother. <laughs>